You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode four. Hello there. Welcome back to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and I am honored and grateful that you are allowing me to spend a little bit of your day with you. This week's episode is sponsored by my free masterclass, How to Make a Compelling Case for a PMO. You'll learn exactly what to say, how to say it, and how to ensure that you leave your business leaders with no choice but to support you wholeheartedly in building a PMO that's going to make an impact in your organization. So if you are new to PMOs and you want to make the case internally, or you are about to start launching new services and capabilities, and you want to have that critical sponsor and stakeholder engagement and support, this is a must-attend masterclass. It's free and you can get to it by going to pmostrategies.com forward slash make the case. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash make the case. You will learn my proven system for helping you tell the story the way it needs to be told to get that critical support for your next set of services and capabilities or to make a case for the PMO in the first place. I even give you my step-by-step business case plan to walk you through each step. So definitely go check it out. It's pmostrategies.com forward slash make the case. Today, we are going to talk about the third impact PMO leader mindset that I think is extremely important for you to be successful with your PMO. Whether you are building, running, or rescuing your PMO, there are some core mindsets that I believe are the foundation of helping you be successful no matter what kind of organization you're in or what kind of PMO you're trying to set up and run. So if you have not listened to the first two steps in this process, instill focus and measure outcomes, I'd suggest you hit pause now, go back and listen to those two episodes, and then dive into this one. Because each of these foundational building blocks do build upon each other, and I will reference things that I covered in prior episodes. Okay, so today we are talking all about getting it done. And that means we are going to perform relentlessly on our projects, on the initiatives that we are supporting, undertaking, and driving as a part of being a successful PMO. This step is absolutely crucial to building credibility with your PMO and specifically for you as a PMO leader. This will also help give you confidence and give your leadership confidence in you as a PMO leader because they know they can count on you to make stuff happen. At the end of the day, all the talk and the strategy and the alignment and everything else that we're going to talk about over the last episodes and the coming episodes, none of that matters if you cannot get it done. And sometimes that means we have to get out of our own way and stop doing some things we've been doing and focus our energy on other things. Now, when I say we, I'm talking about the perspective of us as PMO leaders 
and how we affect change through others in the organization. You see, impact PMO leaders understand that it's not enough to stay busy. It's not enough to show progress. We've got to deliver consistently and reliably and have that relentless perseverance of impact. So we're going to talk a little bit about what that means today and how you can drive that relentless performance across every initiative you oversee, manage, govern, or do yourself within the PMO. Okay, so your goal is to drive that delivery focus mindset with you and with your team and every project manager and project resource that you are responsible for interacting with or supporting. You need to show that you understand that the work you are doing is for a greater purpose. Remember when we talked about instilling focus and measuring outcomes, and both of those were about driving towards that greater purpose of why you were there. And that it's not enough to create a bunch of outputs and deliverables and that we all have to take off our busy badge and stop being proud of how busy we are and start making sure that we are productive and driving to actual outcomes. It doesn't matter how many templates and tools and process you create and it doesn't matter how busy your staff is and oh, you need to hire more because you're doing and creating all of these things. If you can't get it done to get to those actual outcomes, you've got to be able to show that you can focus on that greater purpose and ensure that you and your team keep your commitments all of the time. We need to minimize friction and barriers to getting to those impact outcomes and right-size our governance framework to drive that ideal state of impact delivery. So we're going to dig into each one of those steps today. So if you are driving or exercising or otherwise have your hands occupied and can't take notes, don't worry. You can go right to the download for this episode at pmostrategies.com forward slash 004. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 004, where you can download the workbook for this episode and then take your own notes either now while you're listening or later when you have your hands free and can take some more notes on top of what we're talking about today. Okay, so let's dig in. First, let's talk about this delivery focused mindset. Every time we create a process or a tool or we get really busy focused on managing projects, we must make sure that we keep our eye on the prize. Your job as an impact PMO leader is to ensure that everyone on the team sees the forest, not just the trees. We don't allow our teams to get caught up in checking boxes or mindlessly following steps in a process. We don't allow our teams to simply go through the motions of delivering capabilities or services for the organization. We ensure that everyone on the team is tirelessly driving toward the creation of impact meaning those outcomes, not just the outputs. This means that we need to allow our teams some flexibility and some space to find creative ways to solve problems. Use only the tools in the toolbox that are enabling that project delivery and throughput and ensure that we think about delivering impact through every service we create or interaction we have with stakeholders. And this means sometimes we need to think about 
when is it appropriate to ask for forgiveness instead of permission? When I was a PMO leader inside organizations, I can tell you that whenever I followed all the rules to the T and was fearful about kind of stepping out of my comfort zone or doing something beyond or different than the way I thought I was supposed to be doing it or I was told to be doing it, I left a lot of opportunity on the table. Because sometimes we can take what our leaders are telling us and assume that they're giving us so much guidance about how as opposed to the outcome they wanna see. So I think it's a good practice to think through when you're having a conversation with your executives or your sponsor or your leadership team or your boss and they're telling you what needs to get done, keep the conversation very focused on what they wanna see as outcomes. Start building that conversational habit amongst everybody you're talking to and all of the conversations you're having. And that might lead you to more flexibility to get something done in a little bit different way that can get to the outcomes faster, better, cheaper, with more impact than if we follow the way it's always been done or we follow the rules the way others have described them for us. Your goal is to create an opportunity to move past the creating of the outputs and the deliverables to getting to those outcomes. And sometimes it's okay to ask for forgiveness instead of permission when it gets to how you're going to achieve that outcome. Now, I'm not talking about breaking rules or really just ripping apart the culture because if you try and fight the culture too much, you won't be successful either. We will definitely talk about that when we get later into the mindset steps because there are some other things there that you need to think about from a cultural perspective. However, you do have the opportunity as a leader to think about where and when you should be asking for forgiveness instead of permission. Often when we ask for permission for every little step in the process or every little thing that we wanna do, we are getting ourselves into a position where other people are going to tell us how to do our jobs. And the way they think it should be done may not be the most effective for the outcomes you're trying to achieve, nor the most efficient. So instead of asking so much permission to do things, one thing you might wanna consider is keeping that conversation focused on the outcomes that they wanna see, or that you're trying to drive, and then go figure out the best way to do that. Engage your core team, engage your stakeholders, and talk about the vision and the big picture and the outcomes, then go figure out the best way to do that and not spend so much time asking for permission when that's only going to slow you down and box you in on the creative ways that you could solve the problem most effectively. Now, what about your program managers or project managers or other staff that you have working for you? I found when I learned to let go of the reins and let them figure out the best way to get things done, they generally were far more effective in leading their teams through change and getting to the outcomes that we were trying to achieve than when I held the reins so tightly and kind of boxed them in. And I got to admit, it was really annoying in the beginning when I would have these senior level program managers and they weren't following the process we were trying to do or they weren't checking those boxes right away. And then I realized that by letting go, they got to the outcomes so much more effectively than the way I thought it should be done. So I like to perpetuate that just about right-sized 
ask for forgiveness instead of permission. I mean, obviously you want to have their backs and you want your leadership to have your back, but there's some creativity that can happen and ways that your leaders or you never even thought about doing something that can present itself just because you've perpetuated an environment where people are allowed to go out and try something. And the other side of this whole forgiveness versus permission thing is that there's got to be a strong foundation of trust because people need to know that they're not going to get their hands slapped for trying new things or making their own decisions. Because you see, when we control all decisions or when we have to run everything by other people in order to get something done, we are slowing down the entire process of getting to impact delivery. So you want to create that left and right set of boundaries where you say, okay, let's stay within these guidelines. And as long as you do that and get to the outcomes, we're all good. Okay. So that's your kind of first step to be thinking about. Ask for forgiveness instead of permission and make sure that you are driving that relentless performance, that delivery focused mindset with everybody on your team and everyone you're interacting with. Now, the next thing you want to be thinking about is how you're communicating with people. Now, we're going to dive deep when we go into the Impact PMO Leader Mindset called Communicate with Purpose. But for now, think about how this applies to relentless performance, because it means we've got to be talking to everyone in terms of impact and connecting the work they do to the impact they're making. By doing so, you're shifting the entire conversation to be so much more about that get it done attitude. And now I'm not saying throw all process out the window. We'll talk about that in a second. But what I'm saying is if everyone is focused on the outcomes they're going to achieve, if they're focused on driving performance and continuing to move faster and stronger and with higher quality, then you're going to get that outcome you're looking for much faster and have so much more to show for the work that you and your teams are doing, getting to that relentless performance kind of mindset. When we talk to the people that we're working with about the work we're doing, we want to think about the language we're using. Make sure you connect people to the outcomes that everyone is creating together instead of just talking about the steps to get there. So for example, if you were facilitating a conversation around the project deliverables or the work that you're going to create or you're building a work breakdown structure, don't stop there. Always make sure that you finish the sentence with, here's the work we're doing so that we can X. And that X is tied to the outcome that you're trying to achieve. Sometimes we will speak one language to our business stakeholders and then we go back into our conversations with our team and we go right back into talking about tools and process and methodology and have a totally different conversation with them. Instead, make sure that you're connecting the work that you're doing as a team directly to the impact that that work is going to have on the overall organizational strategy. Because if your team can clearly understand why the work they're doing matters and how it connects to moving the company forward and achieving strategic objectives, and they can see their place in that puzzle, you are going to get so much higher performance from them right away because they'll know how all the pieces fit together, the piece that they play in that, and that the work they are doing matters. Many years ago, I was working in an organization that 
desperately needed help in prioritizing their initiatives and planning out the work that they needed to do and creating a more consistent, high-impact delivery approach, mindset, and highly functioning team. One of the first things that we did was prioritize all of the customer initiatives that they had going on. And then we did something wild and crazy and exposed that, shared that with everyone in the organization. Everyone could see their projects, the priority of the projects they were on, the status of those projects and how the work they were doing connected with the overall success of their clients and of their own organization as well. So simply just showing them where they fit into the overall big picture, and this wasn't even big strategy, this was just in the list of client engagements. Where were they in that big picture? And when they could see that, their performance accelerated significantly because they were able to focus their energy on the things that made the most sense for them to focus on at that right time. So if they had three projects that they were working on, for example, and they could see that one of the initiatives was behind schedule and maybe in a yellow or a red status. They would choose to do that work first and knock that out and make sure they passed it on to the next person in that process so that that work got back on track faster. That's creating relentless performance. And all we did was prioritize the initiatives, do a simple red, yellow, green with respect to how they were tracking and how they were achieving their outcomes. We had some basic measurements and we'll go into a lot more detail on this particular scenario and other scenarios around metrics and reporting in a future episode. But just know you don't have to make it complicated. There was a very simple red, yellow, green, prioritized list of client initiatives and any commentary that helped people understand where they were stuck and how we were moving it forward. And that alone, just putting that out there so that everybody could see that dashboard made a huge difference in performance for this organization. That was it. It was super simple. Okay. The next step that I think is critical for the PMO leader specifically, and of course, something that you want to instill in your teams is all around keeping commitments. If you want to build credibility, then you must do what you say you are going to do every time. That means being thoughtful and purposeful about the commitments that you make and create a relentless pursuit of impact on those most important priorities. People are counting on you. And by the way, they're also judging you and they're trying to figure out if they can rely on you to deliver. Now, this can be when you are just starting out as a PMO leader. It can be when you go to a new organization, if you're running existing PMO, rescuing a PMO, even if you've been in your role for a long time. People are watching and they're watching to see if you're going to be successful. And a big way that they will measure you is by the commitments that you make and if you follow through on those commitments. So show them that you can. You want to do this by setting realistic expectations and then deliver on exactly what you said you were going to deliver. And to do this, you must spend time defining and planning out the capabilities that you will deliver with your PMO and ensuring that you are planning for the inevitable changes and the roadblocks that will hamper your progress. Get really good at planning before you start to deliver 
And I know that sounds like really obvious for people who have project management running through their blood, but it's amazing to me how many times, and by the way, I've been a victim of this myself, so I get it. It's amazing to me how many times I will see the project manager or the PMO leader that doesn't actually take the time to plan and think through and thoughtfully figure out where they can make the biggest impact and when they can make that impact and in what part of the organization, et cetera. I cover all this stuff in my Impact Engine PMO training course pretty deeply because I think it's so incredibly important that we take the time to be thoughtful and think through and plan before we do. We can't be the plumber with the leaky faucet at home, okay? We've got to make sure that we are making a good impression and kind of setting the standard by being thoughtful and thinking through what we're going to do before we do it. Because if we do that, then when we say yes, we're saying yes from a place of yes, and here's what it's going to take and when you can have it and what you can expect as a result when you do get it. See, all of those things are incredibly important to building your credibility. And also remember, you don't want to say yes to everyone all at once and not be able to deliver. I had a situation years ago when I was working in an organization and I had been successful building and running a PMO inside a particular department. Then they promoted me to run the entire enterprise PMO and literally revamped the whole thing from scratch, put all of these other PMOs together and support different parts of the organization. And I was so eager and excited wanting to make sure that our team was going to be able to serve every department and help every department that I found myself saying, yes, we can do that. And yes, we can do that. And then I had said yes to so many things by the time I'd done my rounds of stakeholder assessment that I was in a position of having to say yes, but here's when you're going to get it. And because I had said yes so early, people were all expecting that they'd get their thing next. And obviously that wasn't realistic with a really small team. So don't forget how important it is to be thoughtful when you're setting expectations with your stakeholders and with yourself. And it almost always takes longer than we think it will to get new services and capabilities delivered because we get so excited and so optimistic about what it's going to take to get something done. And then we haven't allowed for Murphy's Law to come sneaking in or for a shift in direction that needs to take place to support a critical initiative. So you've got to make sure you're planning for the unplanned because it will absolutely hit you. And I understand that it's super easy for this one to go off the rails due to circumstances that are completely outside of your control. However, when things happen to derail us, often we could have had more influence if we had been proactively monitoring and managing the situations that come up. And I'm not saying to be an absolute control freak here. Just get super smart about monitoring progress, checking in with people and holding people accountable so things don't blindside you. It's so much easier for you to do what you say you're going to do when you can ensure that the people that you are counting on to participate in that process are being held to the same standard. So keep that in mind. Okay, the next step I want you thinking about is where and how you can minimize friction. See, I think that the PMO is an organization that should be looking to streamline, to optimize, and to minimize friction across 
all of the projects happening in the organization. You guys should be helping to create a frictionless environment for impact delivery. I'm going to say that again. You should be creating an environment for frictionless impact delivery. And unfortunately, many times PMO leaders come into an organization and they start with the answer instead of the question. They come into an organization and immediately get down to the business of creating instead of being super focused on how they can drive performance and move things forward. They start building instead of listening. And then they're so excited for all these new templates and tools and process that they're creating and they can't figure out why everyone around them is running for the hills. They see the PMO leader coming and they scatter in the opposite direction because what you've done is created all this extra stuff that they now have to engage with. And if they're not forced to engage, they won't. And if they are forced to engage, it's your process and not theirs. And they feel like you're just making their lives more difficult. Instead, we want to be thinking about where are the places that we can help make things better. What people want is for you to fix what's broken and make them feel better and make their lives easier and take away the stress and the overwhelm and the headaches. While you may realize that more structure and better discipline will help them get to the solution they're struggling with, you really don't want to start with that. No executive has ever said, no, 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 hold on. Come back when you have five more templates for me to fill out. It's not going to happen. The executives are going to say things like, fix or improve something. So do that. Do that first. Then when you build credibility because you've solved business problems, you've made things easier for people, you've got enough credibility and trust that you can slowly add just the right amount of process to solve just that immediate issue and then get on to another solution even faster. We don't need to take months or years building tools and templates and process when we first start setting up a PMO because you actually will learn more about exactly what your stakeholders need by getting in the trenches with them and seeing the pain they're experiencing. And if you can identify a pain that someone needs solved, that is your opportunity to make an impact. Drive relentless performance and make that problem go away and you will have the credibility you need to say, now, would you like some medicine for this so that it doesn't happen again? Make sense? So your goal is to minimize friction and barriers to progress. A key component of the impact mindset is facilitating and enabling the delivery of projects, optimal performance, and increasing project throughput. So instead of finding ways to add more templates or create new steps in a process, look for those places you can streamline. What can you stop doing that isn't being properly leveraged anyway? What steps in this process are unnecessary? What templates don't really need to be filled out? Is there a better, faster, cheaper way to get to the same outcomes with fewer steps? Remember, the goal is outcomes, not outputs. Look for ways that you can streamline what is used and how it's used so that your team is driving faster throughput and faster project delivery across the board. My advice is for every output you're creating, whether it's a template, a tool, more steps in a process, other documents, or 
meetings on the calendar, whatever you're creating, take a step back and ask, how is this helping the team get to impact faster? How is this helping to get to outcomes? And when you answer that question, be honest about who's really reading it, who's really using it, and exactly what action it's driving, decision it's making happen, or outcome it's helping you get to. That is how you drive relentless performance. All right, the last step that helps to support that impact delivery mindset and driving that performance culture is right-sizing our governance. To drive relentless performance, we need to know when and how to apply what governance techniques, oversight, and management are necessary to lead each project to that faster throughput and faster delivery across the board across all your projects. We don't need to have the same level of meetings or oversight or monitoring and control for every single project. Just like every single person is different, every single project is different and requires a different level of engagement in order to ensure it's successful. Because over-governing is a waste of time. If you allow people to have meetings just because they always do it or spend time creating, distributing, and reviewing reports or other data that isn't driving actions or decisions, then you are enabling waste. A lot of time that could otherwise be leveraged for higher impact opportunities or moving something forward is being squandered. So make sure you do what makes sense. Create a flexible approach to oversight and governance. If you have a three-month project and a three-year project, you've got to make sure that you have a different level of governance. So you want to right-size your meetings, the oversight, the reporting, the communications, etc., to the size, the scope, and the importance of the project. Because when we treat everything the same, we end up having people sitting in meetings just because they're supposed to have a weekly meeting for a project. But guess what? Nothing's happened in the last week. So maybe that time could have been spent elsewhere. Maybe there's other ways to share status information. Do you really have to sit in a room for one hour, two hours, or three hours to have a deep walkthrough of status reports? Or can you just send something and set a culture where people actually read what is sent because you've made it simple, action-oriented, and focused, which is something we'll talk about when we get to communicating with purpose, and you've saved a lot of time on people's calendars. Remember, the more governance you put in place, the more you've got people spending time managing that process, engaging in that process, and that is a potential time waster if you have the wrong people in those conversations or they're going through the motions as opposed to staying impact delivery focused. So we'll talk more about this when we get to communicating with purpose, but for now, just think about where the meetings could be lessened, where you could send a one-page dashboard or status report instead of having a one or two-hour meeting. Where could you put information into a collaboration site or other way to engage that would be a little bit more about the information sharing and then use the times together to be very deliberate about driving actions and decisions and get people back to getting it done. 
Okay, so just keep in mind that impact PMO leaders understand that to drive relentless performance, they must ensure that only what must get done gets done so that they're creating that streamlined, frictionless, and seamless environment where impact delivery becomes the norm. Anything that is extra is removed. If meetings don't need to happen, they are canceled. If steps in the process don't need to take place, they don't allow people to go through the motions. Instead, they explain the reason for the variance from the standard and they just keep everyone getting it done. All right, well, I hope I've given you some ideas today to think about how you can drive relentless performance in your organization. Thank you so much for your time today. Please make sure that you hit subscribe so that you are automatically notified when the next episode comes out. You can download these episodes right to your device so that you can listen to them on the go, even when you can't get good internet access. And please join us over in our Facebook group. We are having some good conversation about the episodes, answering questions, and I'm introducing you to some of the future guests that I'm going to have on the show so that you can ask your questions now for me to ask them when we do those episodes. All right, make sure you hit subscribe. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on the podcast in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget that you can go right to pmostrategies.com forward slash 004 to get access to the workbook that goes with this Impact PMO Leader Mindset, number three, which is performing relentlessly. All right, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending this time with me. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye for now.